The Retirement Question, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels. Hey, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast and a particular theme for the next few podcasts, the retirement question. For elite athletes, this is singularly, I would say singularly, the greatest issue. When you stop playing, you have no idea who you are, where you fit in society, what your future holds, or how to conduct yourself. It's a tremendous pressure on elite athletes. And that's why we're looking at it. So today, Linvoy Primers played professional football for 16 years, including nine years for Portsmouth, some of those in the Premier League, and where he became a cult hero. He began his career as a young professional at Charlton Athletic before moving to play for Barnet and Reading before ending up on the south coast of England. On the 8th of December 2009, Primus announced his retirement due to a knee injury. Linvoy, that's interesting. I've got an exact date. The 8th of December 2009, you announced your retirement. That means you've been thinking about it and getting ready to do it, right? That's right, Dano. Yeah, it was... um it was it was a while coming in terms of I had a bit of thinking time, um, but I knew deep down that the knee wasn't going to be right. And um, the surgeon said to me in September that you're going to need an operation and we can get you back, but we don't know how long your recovery is going to be. And he said, if you break down again, you're going to need quite aggressive surgery and we don't know what will happen after that. So he said, we can do the surgery um, and do it aggressively and you can call it a day or we can take the other option and give you a chance. And I just thought, is can I do it anymore? Is there anything left in my legs? Um, have I got the passion for it? And I just said at that point, I think I'm ready to call it a day. But we didn't want that to be public because I needed my family to, to understand the situation. I wanted to understand the situation as well. And would I think in a month or two that actually I can give it a go? Um, but then it was a case of, no, just do the aggressive surgery now. I'll have enough time to rehab and get money as strong as possible for life after football. Um, so, you know, when that date came round in December, um, it was right. I just knew it was right to, to announce it publicly. You were 35 years of age at yep. this point? Yeah. Uh, so it's been a, a long career yeah. by most standards, a long career, a good career. Um, help me help me. Uh, to get what we're thinking about here mm. you know your career's over yeah you're being very logical about it now mm. what were the overwhelming fears were, were there fears there were there were there were there were moments of of fear uh because you are going into the unknown you know what is going to happen next um I knew I didn't want to coach. I knew I didn't want to manage. Uh, so they were definite. But what was my life going to look like? You know, what is my life going to look like uh, uh, with the family? So I'd say there was fears, but there was also this deep feeling of it's going to be okay. You know, really deep. And and the week leading up uh, to the announcement, you know, I spoke to my parents and they were very happy with it. Obviously, I'd been speaking to my wife and she was pretty comfortable with it. She wasn't totally convinced, but she was pretty happy with it. 
And I just thought for myself, a peace of mind, you know, this is it. And, and, and I think two or three days beforehand, I thought the day can't come any closer. So, but now I'd spoken to the, the press officer, mm. the local news uh, had the, the story ready. And I've done a couple of interviews in preparation. And, and I, as I was speaking about it, it felt like I, I wasn't fighting. It felt like this is it. This this is the moment. And even though there's still two days to go, and then even on the morning of the uh, announcement, I woke up with a sense of, right, okay, there's going to be life after football. But I still had a time to um, to ease my way out because I was still going to be going into the training ground for re rehabilitation. I was still going to be around the lads. So it wasn't a, an instant, right, you're here today, gone tomorrow. So there was still time that I knew I'd still have an easing out period. So so you you are under contract for the rest of that season. That's right, yeah. So the club the club has obviously really looked after you here and that's not always people's experience you were really looked after here. That's right. You? Yeah, definitely. And I think you know over the years of my time at Portsmouth and um going in as a 27 28 year old there wasn't much expectation, you know, I was an, um, a non-contract, you know, uh, no transfer fee. I was just going to make up the numbers. And by, you know, two or three years into that time with the club, I was just a, an average player there. The club weren't in a good place. Then all of a sudden we get to the Premier League. Every season that we're in the Premier League, my, my future's always in doubt. And I kept on fighting, coming back, fighting and coming back. And the fans just warmed to me. So the fans didn't just warm to me, the club warmed to me as well. So when it came to the end, in their eyes, was I going to be the last of that type? You know, how many players spend 10 seasons at a club um, and keep getting written off and come back again? So the club must have thought, you know, for the sake of the fans, for the sake of the person, for what he's done in the community, um, you know, let's see him out the right way rather than just letting it go. And, uh, and and there was good conversations leading up to that retirement time with the CEO, uh, with some other commercial people in the club as well. So good relationships and they just said, you know, let's see the man out properly and uh, fair play because it doesn't happen uh, at, at a lot of clubs. Then when was the first time you had an ache in your stomach because you'd retired? When was the first time it hmm. really hurt? That's a really good question. I was fortunate, Dano, because I, I had uh, I was really busy after um, retirement. You know, I, I had my own charity that I was doing lots of uh, things with. Uh, I was doing a lot in the community with the club because I was the ambassador of the club. So I didn't have time to miss it. I was still there on match day. So I was still getting the buzz. I was still involved in uh, the training ground around the players, even though I didn't have kit on. Um, and I think the first time was seven years after uh, retirement. And, and that was the summer um, that when the season was finishing. So that's what, May 2017. And, and I remember waking up one morning, the season had finished at, at all levels, and thinking to myself, oh, I'm... I'm not. That's not me anymore. I'm never going to play football again, and that was the, the first time I thought, "That's it, done." Um, Gosh, that's a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. a long time. Very long time. And so it took you how many years? Seven, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. But but unlike many people, 
you were straight into a role at Portsmouth yep. as an ambassador in the yep. community. You're running Faith in Football. Yep. Um, but seven years, I don't get that. Well, if you, I were you around the club? Around, were you around the no, club? No. So, no, for four of those years, I wasn't around the club. No. But I think because I've been in, in, in and around football through other uh, yes. through other roles, yeah. I could see that there was there was a purpose for me. You know, and when I retired, I didn't know in what position I'd be in, you know, six or seven years down the line. But the purpose that I've been involved uh, with clubs has given me the understanding that, okay, you're not involved in the physical aspect, but you're definitely involved in another way in in support. So, um, so yeah, seven years is a long time. But I I truly believe, and my old um, agent used to say to me, Lynn, it takes a player five to ten years to fully come to terms that he's not a footballer. And that could be your spending, that could be your holiday times, that could be your your lifestyle. So there were so many things that he said it takes to decondition. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why seven years it hit me that I was never going to be involved in football in a physical way. Wow. Let me then ask you, because as people listen to our podcast and we're looking at the, the retirement question, yeah. what now, from what you've learned looking back on that, yeah. would you advise people to be thinking about in the years, in their mid-twenties and so on, yeah. uh, as a player? Yeah. Well, I never... I, I think by 32, 33 years old... Because of my involvement with the charity Faith and Football, mm. I, I was I was involved in so many things outside of football that it gave me a lot of life experience. So whether that was public speaking, whether it was um, meeting and greeting uh, people of all ages because of the situations uh, that they were in, um, obviously other things going on in the, with footballers as well, helping to support them. I gained so many life experiences that and were able and was able to use them in terms of going on again. So looking back I'd say that having the opportunity to try other things outside of football set me up well. Now I'd always say to to players, you know, in their late twenties, start to look because the door will always be open to you because you play football. As soon as you stop playing for maybe two years, people will open the door, but after that it's very difficult. Mm. Very Phone calls uh, back to you stop. Um, you know, where you used to be able to go somewhere and someone say, ah, oh, you know, good result last week, you know, you played well, come in and have this or have that, that changes. Mm. You know, you're, you're forgotten very quickly. Mm. So I say use what you do in the game to open the doors to you know game experience with media journalism with um with coaching uh, building up networks you know even going into business even having a look at business if that's what you feel is going to be beneficial mm. so definitely try and use your time outside of football to to make some good contacts and there's some terrific advice and i know that you travel and you're involved in many football clubs not just through your role in Christians in sport, but yeah. just because people want you to come in That's right, and yeah. help mentor young players. Tell us about then the faith aspect of this. Faith in football was at the heart of your 
much learning experience of things yeah. of its outside of football well before retirement. Would you say that becoming a Christian in your mid-twenties had an impact in the retirement experience, not because you had work from it, as it mm. were, but because of something deeper inside? Yeah, yeah. I think when I when I first became a Christian, I, I thought it was just about going to church on Sunday and being a good person. And, um, you know, within a year, quickly realised with the support of uh, the, the chaplain, Mick Mellows, realised that, you know, your Christian life was seven days a week. And and he uh, invited me out to Nigeria to do uh, football coaching and, and share my story. Now, normally in the past, if someone said you're going to do something like that, you think, yeah, it's never going to happen. Then, you know, uh, two months before we're travelling, he wants my passport. I'm thinking, oh, this is real. And I remember going out there, being so humble, thinking I'm going to take everything that I've got and these people are going to be so, you know, happy because there's a professional footballer there and Premier League and all that. And halfway through it, I thought, wow, these guys make me feel so small because of what they're doing to get some football, to hear me speak. To We took some books out. They were all grabbing the books from us. And it just gave me a different perspective. And I remember getting back on the plane to come back home and I just sat with Mick and I said, Mick, you know what, if football ends today, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to help people, you know. And, and it, at that point, my Christian faith just took, um, started to blossom in a way that I never thought it would because it, it then allowed me to understand that there was more about me than being a footballer. And, um, and then within two years of being quite public about my faith, I received a letter from a, a young uh, fan who's the son of a pastor, 15 years old. And he just said, Linvoy, thank you so much for saying you're a Christian. Lots of my friends who used to to laugh at me and say horrible things about my Christian faith now look up to me because of you. And he said, I've got this Bible verse for you. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, and, and I'd never heard of it before. And uh, it, it obviously handwritten letter. And, you know, and when I read that, I thought, what was wow. the verse? What was the verse? Oh, sorry, yeah. It was, um, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, a plan to prosper, not to harm, to give you hope in the future. Now, he wouldn't have known this, but every single day of my life, as a footballer, I worried about the, the future. And when I read that, I thought, God has plans for my life, so I don't really have to worry. But what does that look like? I'm, you know, I was inquisitive. Oh, I've got to find out what that plan is. But, you know, as you look back, you've seen the, the opportunities I've had to travel, the opportunities I've had to speak at different events. I've, I've spoken, you know, at Parliament, I've spoken at uh, drug rehabilitation centres, and sometimes I've been put on the spot. And if you'd have said that to me at the very beginning, of, or as a 25-year-old, that that's what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be speaking publicly, I would have said, not a chance. But God knew what was in me. I didn't. And then once I started to gain those experiences, I then started to realise that, God, yeah, there must be something for me to do. And that definitely helped me on my journey to, to retirement and life after. Now, a cynic might ask, hmm, that's very good. So from your middle 20s somewhere, you, you come to believe in God. Mm. It then becomes something 
more sort of 3D because you go overseas and you see that you're more than a footballer. Yeah. I'd be wondering now if I signed a boy like that to play for me. <laughs> you know, he's all pretty content about what his future holds and he might just not have the bite that he used to have. <laughs> Isn't it though? True. Isn't That's it? so true, yeah. Now, this much more relaxed security in who you were, mm. uh, did it affect your attitude to the actual game? Most definitely. Did it? In a positive way. Really? Yeah. Really. Yeah. And this, by the way, this isn't a set-up question. You know, we haven't got a script here that we've gone through before. Mm. Uh, so don't think we're messing around with you as you listen to this conversation. Are you serious? Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, come on then. So, you know, the fear that used to grip me mm. when I played um, before, uh, before the game and sometimes during the game as well, would, wouldn't allow me to play with the freedom but then there was this moment of knowing that God's got plans for my life. This moment of knowing that I've got a gift that's been given to me by God. Well, what can I do with that gift? Well, just play football the way you do, but just play with, without any fear. Now, that, that can sound easy, but when you've got the pressure of trying to stay in the team because now you're a Premier League player and you, you can sign nearly anybody you want um, because that's what you can do in the Premier League. When you've got to try and stay in that team, when you've got to um, make sure that your performances are going to be have to be good because you're going to be watched by millions of people now, that brings a, a pressure mm -hmm. that's, you know, that it's unspeakable what that pressure is. But when you have that, quite assurance that actually this is part of the plan I don't know what the result's going to be I don't know what my performance is going to be like but I'm just going to give 100% <sighs> freedom freedom and and I think because that was my prison for many years you know from the age of 20 really that was my prison that always kept me from playing to my best ability consistently when you don't have that around you anymore that grip all of a sudden you you are a different player people used to come up to me after the game and said Lynn you're a different man you're a different person on the pitch you know when I used to try and explain you know it's because of my faith and they're like oh yeah okay then and in the end they didn't ask anymore they just saw something different and um and you got to remember a lot of people watched me for many years and they 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 knew that it was a different person from you know five years ago and I suppose you get to an age in your career where you're supposed to slow down and you know your your legs go and and everything like that but what was happening for me that I had a lightness about me I was up for the challenge and the fans saw that so they saw a different man they really saw a different man let's draw our thoughts together then Lynn uh, we're looking at the retirement question here on the Christians in Sport podcast. And at the heart of our podcast is helping people at the elite end of sport think about integrating the talents that they have, but reflecting on the fears and the anxieties yeah. and the vanities and the joys of the whole experience of elite sport. If you are to give a couple of pieces of advice to people in professional sport, yeah. at the top end of sport, facing the retirement question, give us a summary of, of the two key things you'd be saying in the light of what we've talked about in this podcast. Yeah, I'd say that 
start thinking about what you'd like to do because I believe in every single one of us there's a joy in 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 what we're called to do and, and sometimes because of the sport because of the life and because of what's expected of a sports person sometimes you you feel that's it so start to explore doing other things maybe go away from what's normal so you can have a a clear space to think but try different things try people want to help and that's the thing I've I've realized uh, more now since coming out of football that people within football want to help uh, retired athletes move on they really do but the fear that retired or retiring athletes have is that it might be over and I don't want it to be over but explore it get the experience in beforehand because when it when you're called upon to do it and you haven't gained that experience it can be really difficult and you might only have one chance so explore it uh find out what makes you tick what makes you get up every morning and you, it could well be that you're playing and you're you, you you might be coaching and you realize actually I don't want to be a coach but at least you can still do it while you're playing if it's the only thing you do uh once you've retired um and you don't like it it can be hard to start again so the second thing I'd say is um, remembering, you know, God's plan, plans, because sometimes I used to think, well, it, it, it's only one way, but actually, there's he's we've got, we have so many gifts, and there's so many um, there's so many things that are packed in us that we haven't even touched or experienced yet, but the underlying thing of all the things we may try is peace because his peace surpasses all understanding. And and I can say to you now, Dano, that, and I've referred to it earlier, that if you, you would have said to me that on a regular basis, I'll be speaking in front of a group of people, whether it, you know, it's one or a hundred, you know, on a regular basis, I would have said to you, not a chance. But God's given me a gift sometimes I don't like being up the front but because I know it's not in my strength and it's part of who Linvoy is you know I get up and do it there is a bigger message that I share when I do this but that bigger message I just say thank you Lord that you've given me the opportunity to do this and I'll do it to my best ability You've been listening to the Christians in Sport podcast and we've been looking at the retirement question I love that interview. You know what I loved about it? I, lo- I love it when somebody who is a Christian is really good at being normal. So normal. On the one level, believing in somebody much bigger than himself, trusting that he can have a relationship with the Creator who gave him his gifts because of trusting in Christ. And then once he realizes he's not the center of the universe himself, a freedom came all over Linvoy, all over him. And when that freedom comes upon him, he enjoys his gifts more. And he wants to explore talents that he has that he can use post-professional football, and it makes him a better pro. Quite remarkable and really enjoyable. I hope that helps you. Pass this on. If you've got a mate at the top end of sport who's having to face this question, pass it on to them. Get them thinking 
and I hope it plays with your grey matter and your heart. If you need to know anything more about the kind of question we're talking about, just go to christiansinsport.org.uk and there you'll be able to download our podcast or from any of the regular places that you might download a podcast. We'd love you to listen to us. If you get a chance, uh, give this podcast a review uh, on iTunes because it helps more people to get access to it. You're good, good. Like spending time with you. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back next time. Go well. The Retirement Question, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels. 